Hello everybody, it's Michael Martin. Thank you for being here. So today, I want to borrow from a Rolaids commercial. You remember growing up, you'd see the, the commercial, how do you spell relief? And they'd be like, R-O-L-A-I-D-S, Rolaids, right? So you see that once in a while in, in writing. Someone writes a research article, and how do you spell this? And they use another word, and it's kind of funny, kind of clever, makes an impact. But I thought it got me thinking about risk in that in the marketplace, you really have the prevalence of two, you know, huge feelings that can govern not everybody, but a very large percentage of the people who are operators, fear and greed. Um, and I wanted to make a point, and that is this. If you are looking to grow your money, you might be coming to the marketplace seeing dollar signs. You might be seeing gigantic dollar moves in Tesla and Amazon because they're high price securities. Keep in mind that professionals are looking at percentage moves, not necessarily dollar moves. Because they have a lot of money. They can post the margin and not have it be that big of a deal. Of course, they're looking at it. They're still going to manage their risk effectively. But professionals are always trying to say, how can I steal second base without taking my foot off first? It doesn't mean that they're Western, you know, saloon kind of run-and-gun gamblers rolling the dice here. They are measuring things. They're back-testing. They're simulating to have an idea of what's, you know, what's going on. If you're in the retail space and you're just starting out and you're back-testing and you're showing monster gains on paper... That's great, but I, I don't count that, right? I don't look at that as success. Not to kick you in the head here, but it's, it doesn't matter until you start running real money and real emotions through what it is that you're doing, real transactions costs. Um, because those feelings, those emotions will cause you to act in ways that you didn't have to act when you were safely trading on paper. And again, I'm only saying this because it's better that you hear it from me ahead of time than if you go to a place and say, here's my back-tested results on paper, there's not a lot they can do with that, especially if they haven't trained you. Now, I do think paper trading can be great for maybe a week. And that would be so that you could learn how to enter an order. How do you enter stops? How do you enter limits? Where do you put the quantity? What's the button that you hit when you want to buy? What's the button you want to hit when you sell? What's the button you want to hit when you have to sell short? Right? Because in that point, you need to know where there's the, is the borrow. Um, and that's important to know because trading errors will cost you money. So it, you need to have competence, you know, right? Just like when you learn to drive, there's a written part, then there's the part on the road. And they're two very, very different driving tests, but they work together. So I do think there's some efficacy or benefit in a simulator uh, for trading so that you know your way around and you don't hit buttons and inadvertently start owning, you know, 2,000 shares of the Berkshire A's. You know that's right because stranger things have happened. I've talked about them here. So when you spell real risk, or you know, you want to think about again risk-adjusted returns. The rate of return has to be commensurate with the risk that you're willing to take. Anything less than that, and you might be taking on too much risk for too little return. And if you're gunning your portfolio for great returns, just know that a lot of allocators in today's day and age going to be a little bit head shy. So it might not be as impressive as you think it is to a pro. To someone who's on, not indoctrinated, they're going to look at them and say, oh, that's marvelous. Imagine if you could have done that with real money. Keep doing the good work. 
well, that's great, but I think that's a false prophet, right? Because it just it doesn't get you anywhere. Until you start feeling the burn of being wrong, especially if you're used to being a good student, that might hit you very hard. And I can tell you that I've gotten more than several emails from people who thought they had it all mapped out. They did all their research. They had everything invested, um, which is interesting, right? Because it's not the dollar value. They were just so emotionally invested in their being right that the mathematical being right was, was also manifesting. Unfortunately, it doesn't always work out that way, so you have to be super careful in throwing around size and trying to grow too soon. So again, I would spell risk is in terms of risk-adjusted returns. It's okay to be fearful. You can always just figure out, right? That's really respecting risk. That's how I come from it. I come from the standpoint of that I don't have fear or greed per se. What I want to do is be consistent in my behavior because it's the consistency in my behavior that predicts the results that I get, right? They say, you know, your attitude affects your judgment, your judgment affects your behavior, your behavior predicts where you end up in life. So despite what I feel, and I felt every feeling that you can feel in and around managing risk, at the end of the day, all I try to do is say, okay, I need to go home tonight knowing that I have feel, feel my discipline feeling from having put in my stops and let the market come to me. That's typically how I do it. Some days I get no fills, some days I do get fills. And that's incidental. I don't look at that as good or bad. It is the way that it is. Um, but they do tend to happen in clusters, probably because of momentum. Can't say for sure, but I'm guessing that's what it is. You know, there's just so many factors to kind of think about that it, it's not necessarily easy, even for someone who's got several decades of experience, to isolate the one factor. And the minute I start thinking that I'm onto something, I always pull back and say, whoa, 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 take it easy here, big boy. Um, don't start thinking about stuff. Just put your orders in. Let the market come to you. If I get filled, I put my protective stops in. If nothing gets filled, well, tomorrow's another day. And I, you know, that stops me from chasing. So if you feel this feeling like you have to participate, that's your body talking to you. Like, why, does, why is that? What do you think you're missing out on when you don't know what you're doing? You're right? So, so be your own you know, brutal coach. Be your own Vince Lombardi here. What is it that you're trying to actually accomplish? Because if you're trying to say, well, I want to double my money in two months so I can go on Twitter and show them my trade confirmations, that's stupid, right? That's a stupid thing to do. So, you know, because you're going to, more times than not, those people blow up and you never hear from them again. Remember, losers don't show up, especially guys. So be smart with your money and be smart with the risk that you're willing to take and know why you're doing it. How do you spell risk, right? Is it fear or is it greed? I would err to the side on being somewhat fearful in that if you lose your marbles, you can't come back and play. And this is a marathon. This isn't a sprint. If you're trying to double your money so that you can peacock, that's not trading. That's an insecurity. I'm not a psychologist. I don't want to be one. If you need a psychologist in trading, find another career, frankly, right? It's not worth it. Your health is most important. I don't care if you're pulling down three million bucks. Find something else to do. I've seen people jump off buildings. So know what the risk means to you and why you're doing what you're doing. Be honest with yourself. It doesn't make a lot of sense to take on a lot of risk, knowing that you could easily blow yourself up. This isn't Zynga poker where you can reload after a couple of days. All right? This is real money. So take it to heart and go slowly. This is really just, this is about you competing with yourself, not with anybody else. 
right? That's what this is all about. That's kind of what I had to learn the hard way coming through up, which I wrote about in the book. So I've been there. I'm not just saying stuff out of my back pocket. It's uh, those are real strong feelings that run through you, especially if you're in a group of other people who are highly competitive individuals. You can learn a lot about yourself if you just listen and then write the notes down and be brutally honest with yourself. Go slowly. It will, you know, it might seem like it's a drag and it might seem like you're not making a lot of progress, but preserving your capital and playing superior defense is job number one. I hope you listen to this very, very carefully and put it to use. Um, if it's not entirely clear, you know where to reach me. You want to be there for those trades even when good luck hits the tape for you, and those will happen too. But if you blow up and lose your money and or you take a big hit and you lose your confidence, you lose your nerve, you might as well have lost all your money because now you don't even know what to do. Now you've realized that you've been uh, maybe mistaking brains for a bull market. I don't know. There's a million scenarios that I've had to live through too. But I would suggest that you go slowly and you know exactly why you're doing this. In the end, no one's going to care about the tweet that you're dying to send out. Nobody. All right? You can get your free copy of the Inner Voice of Trading audiobook at martinchronicle.com. I want to thank you for being here. I'll see you next episode.